All right, good evening. My name is Willis Weatherford. I'm the RUF campus minister here. Um, for those of you who saw the wind debacle last time, we have Andy Clips that Anna bought from Walmart. Thank you, Anna. Thank you for Anna on Okay, I'm just going to try not to knock anything over this week. <clears throat> All right, so um, like I said, my name is Willis. If I haven't met you yet, I would love to. This is RUF. RUF is a Christian ministry on campus. We're here for Christians and non-Christians to help you figure out what it means to follow Jesus while you're in college. And um, yeah, I mean, I feel like I say this every week, but I... Uh, I really do just, I know what it's like to walk into church as an outsider or walk into like a Christian type thing and, you know, maybe even like sing along with these songs you don't know the words to and be like, this feels weird that I'm even singing these things, I'm not sure I believe. I just want to say, oh, nice. <laughs> Get it, man. Are we ever going to be as cool as that guy? <laughs> I don't think so. If you know that guy, don't tell him I was going to I'm sure he's awesome. Um, but no, I just want to say, like, if you're here and this feels a little uncomfortable, I'm glad you're here. And props to you for being brave enough to step into something that's a little bit different. That's awesome. Um, yeah, so um, the thing I really want you to know about me is that I'm not a good person, but Jesus loves me. And he loves you. And that changes everything. And it changes Everything, everything, it's changed everything in my life. I'd love to tell you that story. But it also changes the way we see the world. When you look hard enough at Jesus, it changes the way you see the rest of the world to where you can look at anything, big things, little things, random things, and see it differently. And so one way to say that is that Jesus reveals to us the kingdom of God, which is like overlapping the world we live in. The secular kingdom we live in, you know, the culture, the way of life here at WNL. The kingdom of God overlaps that. And he's still king here. But like, the realities of his kingdom are not fully known. And so we need to look at him. We need to look hard at Jesus so we can become acquainted with who this king is and what his kingdom is like so that we can live in it. Because it's good. And so one of the things we can look at, this may seem random, one of the things we can look at through the lens of Jesus is influencers, social media influencers, in the kingdom. Uh, this may seem a little bit weird because I am um, barely on social media and I'm also like 10 years older or more than, than most of you. So I, I recognize the fact that y'all are natives in the social media sphere, whether you like it or not, and that I am not. And so I may say something dumb, feel free to laugh at me. Um, I'd love to talk to y'all in person later and like hear more about this. Uh, landscape, which I'm not so familiar with, but we're not really going to be focusing that much on social media. We're going to look at Jesus and let him hard. I uh, went on a sunset hike this week. Um, raise your hand if you were on the sunset hike. There's a good number of us here, yeah. So went on the sunset hike up to Cole Mountain. If you haven't been, totally go. It's awesome. Um, I'm not going to tell you all the amazing details of what happened, but suffice to say that there was a flat tire. I lit the first two road flares of my life. It was awesome. Um, there was a near-death experience. There was pumpkin spice bunk cake. So uh, we're going to do it again sometime. You should definitely come. But we had this experience where we're watching the sunset. And it's just awesome. It always is. You know when you look at the sun directly for an extended period of time? 
how like rosy red is. So we can like, if you close your eyes, you can see the sun in the back of your eyelids. And what I want us to do, this is going to be kind of a weird sermon. We're just going to look at Jesus for a long time in different ways and different angles. I want him to get burned into the back of our eyelids to where we can't think about influencers the same ever again. And really, I want us to see how Jesus, how Jesus was an influencer and what that looked like. So, um, apparently, uh, one in four of your generation, Gen Z, wants, or not wants, plans to become a social media influencer. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hands, but like one in four of you are like, that means like 15, 20 people here. So this is some disconnect among the ranks. Maybe I got you. I don't know. I would say four out of four of us are a little bit tired with like the fakeness of social media influencers. So we're ambivalent. But most of us still follow them, right? Most of us still interact with their content. It's just reality. And so this week, we're going to compare Jesus to them. So, point one, the paradox of Jesus' influence. Okay, the paradox of Jesus' influence. Uh, I looked this up this week. Maybe you guys knew this. I didn't know this. You can actually buy uh, followers on Instagram, other social media platforms. You guys knew this. Okay, yeah, you can buy them if you want to. Very, very weird. Um, there's different websites. You can Google it. And it pulls up like 15 different ones. I was tempted to actually buy some. But <laughs> <laughs> I said, like, no, I'm not going to see that Yeah, Actually, this is weird. I didn't know this. Some of these are made possible by click farms, where there's like actual people in other countries usually who have like 100 phones set out on like a desk or a table. I'm not kidding. All plugged in. <laughs> And they're just like tapping away, <laughs> liking, loving, sharing, and like, I'm not kidding. Sometimes just loading and loading and loading and loading the same YouTube video to help the view count. I'm not kidding. That's what happens. I'm not saying that's the only way it happens, but that is one. Sometimes when you buy followers, that's what you're buying. A little weird. Um, hopefully, you guys here haven't paid for followers. Probably some of you have. That's fine. <laughs> um, we can all, though, we can all relate to this longing to be like a trendsetter. You know, just to be on the top of the wave, maybe it's the bottom, I don't know, but like, people follow you and do the things you do. And you know what's cool so well that you can like be on the cusp of it, and then everyone follows what you do. Whether on social media or in real life, we'd like to be the one who's on trend, who others can follow. And we can see in Luke 8, this passage we read, Jesus was that guy, in a way. So, verse 40, now when Jesus returned, the crowd welcomed him. So crowds of people welcomed him. For they were all waiting for him. What's he going to do next? This Jesus guy had a following. And there came a man named Jairus, who was a ruler of the synagogue. Okay, so even influential people following Jesus, showing up for him. As Jesus went, the people pressed around him. They don't just, like, want to follow at a distance. They want to be close to this guy. So Jesus is low-key famous, right? At least in his area. It's crowds of people waiting for him, pressing around him, welcoming him. Jairus, it says, the ruler of the synagogue, that's like the synagogue, Jesus was a Jew, he didn't know. Um, in that culture, the synagogue was like kind of the church, the main meeting place, center of the cultural life, to be the ruler of the synagogue. Big deal, very influential person. And this person, he's not a, like, he knows about Jesus. He's heard about Jesus. To where when his daughter is deathly ill, he's like, I know that Jesus guy, those people. I'm going to go get Jesus. He's going to fix this problem. We're going to come back to that. But I also want you to see, not only did he have like a following, which 
for those of you who didn't know, one of the key ingredients of being a social media influencer, a lot of followers. But you also have to have either a thing to promote, something to sell, a trend to set, so to speak. Jesus has this incredibly compelling product. Look at what he does. There was a woman who had had a discharge of blood for 12 years. 12 years. And although she had spent all of her living on physicians, uh, she could not be healed by anyone. She came up behind him touched the fringe of his garment and immediately her discharge of blood ceased. And all, so that that's the first thing. Let's look at the other thing, Jesus' product, this thing he has. So he goes to the house in a second. This girl's already died. Super sad. And all were weeping and mourning for her. But he said, don't weep for she's not dead but sleeping. And they laughed at him, knowing that she was dead. But taking her by the hand, he called saying, child, arise. And just the power from his words and her spirit returned, and she got up at once. Can you just imagine for me, like for a second, what it would have been like to be there? It would have been nuts. Everybody would have been like, just this moment of hush, and then like, I don't know if you start laughing or crying, they're like, what, but your mind would have been blown. Think about this lady. Okay, so we don't know the cause of her disease, um, but the outcome is essentially that she's like always on her period. Sorry to talk about that, but like always on a period for 12 years. That would be like really bad today, right? But in her day, it's even worse because in the Jewish religion, that meant that she was ceremonially unclean all the time for 12 years, which meant that everywhere she went, she couldn't be touched by anybody because if they touched her, they would become ceremonially unclean and then they wouldn't be able to be around other people. So, like, everywhere she goes, she, I'm not making this up. She has to say unclean. If somebody gets close to her, like closer from me to Jack, she has to be like unclean. Like out loud pronounce herself to be unclean over and over and over. 12 years, not being able to touch her family, not being able to touch her grandkids. Just think about how hard that would have been. And when Jesus says, who touched me? She's probably thinking that he's like, he's going to rebuke her. He's probably thinking like, oh my gosh, he knows that I touched the hem of his garment. He probably knows that I'm unclean. He's probably going to be like, why would you touch me? Now I'm unclean. i got to go to the temple and get cleansed. But that's not what happens. He calls her daughter. <laughs> this woman who hasn't felt the touch of her family for 12 years, Jesus calls her daughter. When Jesus walked the earth 2,000 years ago, the kingdom of God, where afflicted women are made whole, was just leaking out of his fingertips leaking out of the hem of his garment. And this lady experienced it. But despite his followership, despite this compelling product of like healing people, raising them from the dead that he has, he resists fame. He resists becoming famous. First of all, you can see he's focused on others, not himself. 48, he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. If it had been us, and we healed somebody, we would have been like, I need everyone to stop what you're doing. And listen, I just healed this lady. Check it out. That's what we would have done. He didn't do that. He just goes through and says, hey, daughter, your faith has made you well. Like she did on her own. He points the credit back to her. He affirms her in the midst of her shame, her embarrassing disease. And he sees her. This is the key part I want you to think about. This is not like a YouTube live opportunity for him. This is not about building his personal brand. He just sees her. 
He just sees this lady and he loves her. He sees her and he loves her. He sees you too. He sees you. Whatever you're going through right now, he sees, he knows, and he loves you. But besides this, Jesus actively avoids becoming famous. Like, there's some things that you just can't do and not get famous. Raising somebody from the dead is one of them. But even in the midst of that, he's avoiding fame. So, when he came to the house, he allowed no one to enter with him. So he doesn't want everybody to come and see what he's going to do. He says, nobody can come except Peter and John and James, who are best friends, and the father and mother of the child. And her parents were amazed when she raised from the dead. But he charged them to tell no one what had happened. <laughs> hey, you know this crazy thing just happened to you? That you're going to want to tell every single person in your life? Don't tell anybody. That's mind-blowing, guys. Jesus had all the necessary ingredients to be a worldwide superstar. Like, I don't know, bigger than Kanye. In my mind, Kanye is like number one. I don't know about you. Who's bigger than Kanye right now? Who is it? Who's somebody? Is Taylor Swift bigger than Kanye? Oh, no. Can somebody help me out? Who's bigger than Kanye? Harry Styles. Okay. He's got a TV star, too, right? Movie. Movie. Okay. Jesus could have been Harry Styles. Thank goodness he's not. He could have been. And think about, like, Jesus had reasons why that could have been very effective and useful for him to, like, get literally worldwide famous. But he didn't. Instead of being Harry Styles, he was a Jewish carpenter-turned-preacher who was killed just three years into his ministry, executed like a criminal. It's crazy. That's the paradox of his influence. So let's look at the paradox. I'm sorry, let's look at the purpose of his influence. That's the paradox. That's the question. So what was going on here? What's the purpose of his influence? Speaking of Kanye, um, Kim Kardashian. Are they still together? Is that still? No. How long ago was that? A long time ago? <laughs> it's been a while. Like I said, not following social media super closely. Anyway, just back in April, though, I basically Googled, like, um, uh, celebrities who were got caught photoshopping or whatever. Kim popped up first. Not my fault, that's her fault. So, <laughs> so this is what she did. I mean, it's, on, it's public knowledge. So she had two nieces, they're at Disneyland or something, she takes a photo because it's cute, but not quite cute enough. <laughs> she has to go in. This is like so bad because, like, I have nieces. She goes in and she, like, makes them a little cuter. <laughs> and she, <laughs> it's so sad. Like, I feel bad for these girls. Like, she takes the face of one that apparently looks better in her mind and puts it on the face of the other, like a different photo or whatever. And then she changes, changes the pants of one to be from orange to pink, because that was like her look when she was going, it was like all pink for her. Which is easy to hate on Kim, and she never really apologized, so like, maybe that's fair. But I also just want us to like recognize the reality that this, we do this all the time. <laughs> Even if you're not a social media influencer, we are always putting on a mask changing the way things sound to make ourselves look as good as possible. I do that. You do that. That's like reality for us. But Jesus wasn't fake. He wasn't produced. There was no Photoshop. Like we suspect, oops, almost, we suspect every influencer of being like Kim, of, of like doing this. And it's pretty fair for like pretty much anybody who's major influence, influential on social media. But Jesus wasn't that way at all. You can see this as Jesus is like embracing an awkward moment um, when like this lady touches him in the crowd. Like, 
he's on his way to see this powerful man's daughter. And if I'm him, I'm like, okay, this is going to really be like a step up in my career. Like the head of the church guy is going to see me heal his daughter and he's going to sight. This is going to be great. And he presses pause on all of that. And that's good. Cool. <laughs> uh, that guy right now. So Jesus, though, he, he rejects, he, he postpones this moment of like looking impressive to just stop and be like, hey, who touched me? And his disciples are like, Jesus, like you're in a crowd of people, like a hundred people are touching you. What's your problem? Let's go. He's like, no, 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 who touched me? I'm like, that's awkward. That's an awkward moment. Everyone sitting around is like, are you going to? I feel like you should go to Jairus' daughter. She's like actually dying. Like, what's the deal? But he's not worried about that. Totally unscripted, just authentic. Because he cared about that lady. You know? He cared about her. He loved her. So, what was the purpose? His purpose was to reveal a totally different way of influence, a totally different kingdom. To reveal a totally different kingdom and recruit people into it. To reveal in his person and work the kingdom of God. So Luke 4.34, what he says, he said to them, I must preach the, preach the good news of the kingdom of God. That's his good news, guys. It's the good news of the kingdom of God. He says, I must preach it to the other towns as well, for I was sent for this purpose. That's the point of his influence. So he came, he came to reveal a kingdom where influence is given, not earned. Where the poor and needy are seen and loved, not tokenized or politicized or used. Where authentic vulnerability is a lived reality, not a production achievement. Where a Jewish carpenter is more powerful than Caesar. <laughs> Caesar never raised anybody from the dead. Where leadership looks not like trend-setting, but cross-carrying. Where the death of one good man brings life to a world full of bad people like you and me. Where 12 real-life followers, like actual followers, can change the world more than Cristiano Ronaldo's 484 million followers. Don't you want to be part of that kingdom, guys? Like, I do. I want to be part of that kingdom. And Jesus came to recruit you into it. He came to recruit you into it. So, how can you be part of the kingdom of God? How do you be a follower of Jesus? Like an actual follower. Not just like, follow. Done. But like, for real. When you follow an influencer, you kind of um, watch what they post, and it's like, okay, it didn't look like maybe that's cool or not. You know, you're waiting for something funny to come along, something that helps you out. It's, it's from a distance. But following Jesus means living like him. Like, think about it. when his when he uh, he came to call his first followers, the disciples, and they're fishermen. He's like, hey guys, uh, follow me. And they drop what they're doing, their nets, and they like actually like follow him, like go where he's going. And he basically spent his entire life walking around all over the place. And so they're like literally following where he goes, are you following Jesus? Like, forget about whether you call yourself a Christian or not. Are you actually doing what he did? That's what he called you to do, to be a part of his kingdom. <clears throat> when you do this, it's not about, like, being a good Christian or, like, doing the right things or putting yourself up for God. A part of it is experiencing the realities of the kingdom of God because you don't experience them if you're not with Jesus, guys. He's the king. He's the one that brought the kingdom. You've got to be with him. So follow him. So, okay, uh, if Jesus keeps his most impressive miracles a secret, what does that mean for you the next time you ace a test? When he was talking about being generous and giving to people who needed help, he said, 
be so secretive that your left hand doesn't know what your right hand is doing. Like if you give somebody like a meal or like 10 bucks or whatever, it, like, you should be so down low about that that your left hand's like, what's going on over there? You know? So secretive when you're doing good. When he's talking about going to parties, he said, but when you are invited, go and sit in the lowest place. I don't know. When you go to a party, what is the place that no one else wants to be? Is it next to the not cool person? Is it like inviting someone with you that you know is not going to maybe be able to get in on their own? Uh, maybe it's not going to the party because you know that you shouldn't be at that party. I don't know. But it doesn't just look like living your life like you would otherwise. It just never existed. It calls you to follow him. When Jesus walked around, he wasn't looking for a chance to be impressive and well-liked. He was looking for people to love, to show care for. And when you live like that, you guys, this is the crazy thing. It doesn't, that, when you live like that, when you look at people who go love, it does, the kingdom of God doesn't just like stay stationary in like a six inch square box in your heart. It oozes out of you. And people see it and they're like, oh, that's what it's like to be like, to follow Jesus. That's what it's like to be a Christian. That's what this gospel and this church thing is all about. It's beautiful. I was talking with one of you this week and you mentioned how incredibly affirming it can be just to say hi to someone. And uh, it reminded me of this time when I was like sixth grade entering the youth group at my church, which like I knew all these kids who were older than me because I'd done a tradition <coughs> forever. And I walk in for the first time and I'm like kind of nervous and scared, trying to be super cool, which I was in sixth grade, so like not cool. Um, I, we're just going to express how not cool I was. But I walk in and this guy, Seth White, who I still know, Seth will be listening to the podcast later. I'll just go, so Seth White, probably too, buddy. So I walk in, and Seth White, he just does this. Like a little head nod. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> and then he learned my name, and was like, hey, well, that's, that's all. Didn't sit by me, didn't play the game. He might have sat by me. He might have, I, don't, I can't remember, but I remember him just like giving me a nod. I felt so affirmed. Like, all right, now I belong in this room. You guys have that power. You can do that for someone, right? Like, that is influence within your grasp to make anybody feel like they belong anywhere. Love that. So, I mean, who can you acknowledge tonight, right after the benediction in this song? Let's pray. Father God, thank you so much for your word, just Jesus, for being mind-blowing and different than all of us. And thank you for coming to show yourself to us. You didn't have to do that. We could have just been like in the dark, on our own, but you chose to reveal yourself, to come and show us who you are and reveal yourself in your words, so thank you for giving us that. And I just ask Jesus that you would help us to follow you. Whether that feels really hard, we've been trying to do that for 10 years and it still feels hard, Jesus, lead us closer to you. Help us to love you more and be more like you, we ask. In his name, amen. Oh, yeah, thank you, man.